Uncommon Place. This podcast is a variety podcast that houses numerous series to cover mental health, empowerment, podcast framework, and various intimate series to get to know the hosts. Along with occasional movies, reviews, and dives in pop culture with our event podcast episodes. The Uncommon Place digs into bringing guests on that stories don't fit the mold and are very different. WV stands for the great state of West Virginia and every quarter we cover something in West Virginia. Stacy and myself JR are your hosts so please come along for this venture to our Uncommon Place. Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. My name is JR and today... I have the common mystics with me. They're Jill and Jennifer. And one quick thing before Stacy's out on assignment today, she is actually over in Columbus, Ohio, doing whatever she does over there. So you all have to understand that she's not here for this episode, but she'll be back in the ensuing weeks to do some shows. Now, first off, um, I'm a fan of their podcast. Uh, I'll let them give a brief description of it in just a moment, and uh, they can go further with it. But I'm going to give you the fanboy uh, part here. <laughs> it is a, it's an amazing podcast. What you have to do with this show, though, is you have to start at episode one. Certain podcasts like mine, you can just jump in somewhere and find something you like or look at a title. But with them, you need to go from episode one. And if I'm correct, now, mind you, I'm good on research. So I want to say 63 episodes or 64. I think 63. Let's go with 63 because it sounds good. Yep, 63. 63 episodes, um, very, very linked to these episodes, but you can do these episodes in amazing drives. Like with your show, um, whenever you guys put it out, I do it in these increments. It's my 15-minute drive unless I have a long commute. It'll be my 15-minute drive to work. It's 15 minutes on my lunch break. And it's so captivating when you get to the middle of it because y'all have a, a jargon that goes between you two. Sometimes there's some sometimes there's a pun from Jill. She likes to talk about her size. So <laughs> she'll throw something in there. And, um, and then Jennifer comes in and she corrects the situation with whatever she's feeling. Because an adventure in one of their shows is they start off somewhere and something captivates one of them. Then one of them gets a feeling from that feeling. And then they're separate feelings, but then they bring a story together. And then once you leave the story, you get these two aspects. And then it's touch and feel. And then it's emotional. That emotional guidance that you get in the episode will trigger your thoughts on the characters and the people involved in the show. So once that happens, and that's the amazing thing about your show, and I'm, and I'm just telling you from a fan, oh. that, that point on, you get the antagonist and everything else that's proper in the story, and you form your opinion. You listen to the episode, and then you're not done there. You go to the show notes. And then for any listeners, you go on a Patreon so that you can go further in detail with everything that's going on during these road trips. So after you do that, you go back and do research on what you've heard. And when you do your research, you see the facts in it, and you don't see any fiction. And when that happens right there, that's a captivating point. That's an authenticity in what they do to make you want to continue listening. And from that point mm. on, Jennifer and Jill, tell them about your podcast and keep going. You are so sweet. Jen, you take it. You take it. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, wow. I am just tearing up over here. We <laughs> so appreciate appreciate you and uh, and your support. And it just warms me listening to you, you know, talk about what we do. Um, first of all, Jill and I both identify as psychics, but it is something that was always normal for us because of the way we grew up. 
Okay. Um, our mother was a single mother and we were really close with her side of the family. So her parents and her sisters, and it was all kind of mystical. Our mother did a lot of different forms of divination. Like she would do the Ouija board. She would do runes, pendulums, um, but she specialized in astrology. She also um, took us to shaman and faith healers, and we would go on road trips to different shrines of the Blessed Mother, you know, in the in the Midwest. Uh, our mother's mother was devoutly Catholic, devoutly Catholic, and went to church every day, prayed the rosary every day, but also talked to dead people. So you would be sitting with our grandmother, and she would stop the conversation <laughs> because uh, a spirit had walked into the room, which of course you could not see, but she would get up and she would say, I'm so, I have to go pray for this person who just walked in the room. And you'd be like, okay, Graham, you do you. <laughs> I'm going to stay here and finish my Coke. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it was just normal for us. Like that's the way the world works. You know, the dead people sometimes come to you and, you know, you can go to psychics and, and get information. And, um, you know, and I think we both in different ways developed our, our gifts, you know, and I say that with like little bunny finger ear quotes, because we really don't believe that what we have is special. It's just that it was normalized at uh, such a young age, it 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 just we we everybody has the ability to use that part of themselves. I think most of us weren't uh, brought up in a situation where it was encouraged or even part of everyday life. So that's kind of like the the seeds of who we are. Jill, what would you add to that? Um, I think that's great, but that's why we're common mystics because we don't believe that we're doing anything special. We just have the wherewithal to follow those instincts and to try to develop them. I think that um, what was different about our upbringing is that you would make the assumption that because we were around these strong women that were doing this earth magic and mm -hmm. the Catholicism and all the, the, the different modalities and spirituality that you would assume that we were just we're doing it too, but that's not how it looked like. We were always comparing, well, at least I was, I was comparing what was happening within my mind's eye and my experiences to my grandmother's or my mom's. And it wasn't until I was getting experiences that I couldn't put my finger on. I was like, well, I think that's what it is. And then I just jumped into it and um, started playing with the, the tarot and tried to um, understand what was happening in a broader way. That for fun is what Jennifer and I used to do just for fun. Like at sister time, we would just use our spidey senses and give each other readings and like hang out in cemeteries. Mm -hmm. And that was just fun for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so that's how you work through things. And that's how y'all became the common mystics. So real quick audience, I, I pulled a little fast one on them and I apologize about it. We're actually live streaming on Twitch. I, uh, I, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I, I forgot to throw that in there because the reason <laughs> when I have quality guests when I like to live stream to that, that video game audience, because we're all cause we're always looking for the migration. Uh, y'all know I'm a business person with the podcast. And so so here we go here. here We're going to get to the nitty gritty and the, the major uh, question here, because uh, structural integrity uh, inside podcasting, journalistic integrity inside of what you guys do. I pay homage mm -hmm. to uh, Barbara Walters 2020. Everybody knows that if you listen to any of my shows. So when we just had her passing. So real quick, I want to do the 2020 questions before we go anywhere, because that's something sure. that, that, I, that, I, that I love to do. 
So let's start off with Jennifer. You're on the hot seat real fast. Okay. okay. So you all come up with this concept to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. How do you express this to your sister? How do you tell Actually, her? Actually, it, it was Jill's idea Ooh, so to do us. a podcast. Um, and I said, no. Whoa. <laughs> She said she had nothing to say to me. She's like, That's no, no. she's like, I have nothing. You. <laughs> <laughs> so how did y'all get the balls rolling then? Basically, then let's take it back to Jill. Ben. Yeah, we um like we were just doing what we were doing. Classic Ben and Jill mess around. We got in the car. We were at Jennifer's house and we're like, let's find some ghosts. So we were driving around Illinois and I was telling her that my friend, um, two of my friends wanted to do a podcast with me. And um, she was like, do you think we can do a podcast? Because that's just what she does. Like, that's not <laughs> that how I remember exactly it. what she did. You, that's exactly what she did. Don't listen to her. And I was like, yeah. And then she's like, well, I have nothing to say to you. So then we ended up in this little, this town called Seneca, Illinois. Okay. And we were um, drawn to different areas of this town. We were using our psychic ability to, feel out the spirits, the ambiance of the town. And we were pulled to a Catholic church that was Mm -hmm. a site of this massacre. So right away, we're like, oh, geez. Then we go to this, this, we, we leave there, we're driving around, we go to this mill that was, you can just feel the energy Mm -hmm. coming off of this old structure, not only like history, but also you knew that like kids would like go in there and mess around like that kind of energy you get from it. So we're like, wow, that's, that's strange. And then we ended up in this beautiful old cemetery that was on a hill. And we noticed in real time that there was a lot of premature deaths. Mm-hmm. And so it was very strange because it, set, it seemed like a lot of people in this area and this community died young and like in, in recent times. So I, in real time, started Googling Seneca, Illinois, um, like tragedy and Mm -hmm. so many things came up. So then I tried a different town in Illinois. I was like Forest Park, Illinois tragedies and nothing. So we were doing the research. Jen and I, Jen get on in on it. We were communicating and Jen's like, this is our podcast. This is what we do. And, um, then because I'm superstitious as I'm superstitious. I see a hawk fly over us. And that's a symbol for my mother, for me. And she had two little hawk babies with her. So we were like, this is a podcast. (laughs) So that's really what happened. All right. So we we had always... We had always, um, for for years and years, just would get in the car and just use our psychic senses to just go find ghosts. You know, let's just go find a place that's that's charged. And we always found something. But this experience in Seneca, Illinois, brought it to the next level because then we're like, oh, well, we could actually do real research about what we're feeling and put history to the, you know, our metaphysical experiences, whatever it is that we're feeling. And then people would maybe be interested in hearing those stories, not only our stories about how we use our abilities to uncover truth, but the stories of the people who lived long ago who are reaching out for some sort of attention, some sort of voice. Okay. Now, here's my next question. So you you decided to do your podcast. You go on this amazing road trip around the U.S. with your stories and everything that's going on here. How do you actually start the production for this? And then let me give you a little filler. So like with what I do, we're doing a show right now. 
we record this show. Um, either I mix it or I send it to Trevor or whoever. Someone's going to take this episode, do something with it. They'll take the little uh, three clips of us and they'll put a little border around it. They'll throw it up on YouTube. They'll shop it around wherever they're going to take it. So my production is kind of me doing something sometimes or it's me passing it off to someone else. So who is the production arm or are you both the production arm inside your podcast? I don't even know how to answer that. It's just us. We don't have any, we're not, we're not giving it to anybody else. It's literally Jennifer and I. So we split the workload, but if we were going to kind of destruct what we do is first we get in, we get in the car and we set the intention, which is Jen to uh, find a verifiable story previously unknown to us that allows us to give voice to the voiceless. And then we drive around using our psychic ability to um, become aware of the different energies we're picking up. So Jennifer will be taking notes and sometimes mm-hmm. it will be breadcrumbs, like leading us to a destination. And sometimes the the psychic information that we're getting may be pertinent to a, to a specific story. Mm-hmm. And we take those notes, we come back and Um, I usually do research on the notes that Jennifer had taken in the car. And when I find something that seems relevant, I, 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 pitch it to Jennifer Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm like, this is what I think. And a lot of times she's like, give me more. I need more. And I'm like, God (laughs) bless it. And I'm like, I know this is it. Uh-huh. Um, and she's like, no, no, no. Cause if to me, I jump right in, that's just my personality. Like I'm in the 10 feet, jump right in head first. Jennifer's like, no, 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 no. Back up. Let's see what we have here. And then, um, then if she agrees on the story, if I give her enough information, I write the outline, Jennifer edits the outline, goes through it, adds and flushes it out. And then we, we do a table read, we record, and then Jennifer edits and, and then I do sound editing. Jen mm-hmm. does the sound editing. And then I do the the social media post to promote it. Right. Okay. And I, I uh, upload it to our media host uh, to then just dis- have it distributed, you know, to the different platforms. All right. So now mm-hmm. let's go when you, I got to pick one of you real quick, Jennifer. So you do the, the editing. That's the, I do the sound editing. Is, yeah. That is one of the hardest parts of podcasting like I do it sometimes mm-hmm. I had someone paid for a little bit then I got an artificial intelligence and it does it now and even I oh even, wow yeah I'll have to talk to you about that behind the scenes um, <laughs> so let me ask you this when you're actually editing and this is for my old nostalgic podcast Clyde episodes we used to do do you do it for distortion or do you do it like for um nuances like if you hear an um or something like that how do you or di- distraction editing how do you edit your shows um, I edit for both. I'm looking for the distractions, the ums, the pops. Um, but we're also telling a narrative, unlike some podcasts that are really just a conversation between different individuals, which is fantastic. That's Jill and I are actually trying to tell a tight narrative, right? Yeah. And so we have to tell everything in the right place to keep people interested, or at least that's our, that's our aim. That's our goal or our hope. So I'm editing for content. A lot of times in the moment, I'm already thinking what Jill is saying, I'm going to edit out and she can see it on my face. I can see it right away. I'm like, she's going to edit everything that I'm saying out right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm 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 really looking for that that story arc. And our format has has developed that we start by explaining where we were, where we we're going. Of course, we set our intention and what our hits, the things we were feeling. And then we a lot of times do some historical background to explain the stories. Sometimes it it really helps if you can understand the context of a situation. So we might talk about, for instance, reconstruction in the United States to explain what was happening at the time when we were getting this energy coming to us, right? Then we actually tell the story. And then at the end, we say, okay, so that's our story. Um, these are why we feel it's our story. Here were our hits. We revisit our hits and then we talk about the voiceless. And then a lot of times that turns into some sort of lesson that we learned by listening to the voice of the spirit that came through to us. So that, so I'm looking for that format. I'm looking for taking out some of those tangents that maybe take away from the narrative. But the, the good thing is that we also have our Patreon. And so the, the longer episodes we might post on Patreon, but then we've started doing detours, which are like 15 minutes. Now we do a detour. So we might save those tangents and then do the 15 minute. Okay. When we were in West Virginia at this location, we stopped here and this was crazy AF, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so we'll save it for the detour. And I think that's helped a lot. The other thing editing wise, just from a real technical perspective that I read about and tried, and it has changed my life, JR, <laughs> is editing on a faster speed, a 1.35. So we sound like chipmunks to me, but I can get through it. Think about it. A, a third faster, 33% yes. faster. I'm able to get through the everything. So um, yeah. So lastly, what kind of software are you using? Because I always like to throw that in there because you always got to understand, like, there's fledging podcasters that want to be like you all. There mm. are two guys, two ladies, two whomever sitting around like, I want a podcast. I'm going to listen to their show, but I need the techniques because you guys are amazing. But no one would Aww. ever get your techniques unless someone asks you about them. So what, what software do you use? We, I feel like we are still fledglings. <laughs> and the whole reason that I'm able to do any sound editing at all is because of COVID when I had so much time at home with my computer and the school of YouTube. Okay. So um, I, nothing fancy. We are using the free audacity version. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just audacity and just a regular laptop. That's it. So quick thing on a side note, audience, if you need to know anything about editing to get a contextual storytelling based podcast, almost uh, like she said, a narrative podcast, you can holler at Jill. She has everything over at common mystics at gmail.com. She's yes, uh, I will um, direct you to Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> like Jennifer, answer this email. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer, Jill, they will answer whatever you need. And they'll have a course coming up in the next few years or so about how to podcast <laughs> under their realm. Because that's the silly thing in podcasting. Everybody has a story. And one thing I do want y'all to remember, as long as you keep going what you're doing, please journalize something that you're doing or take some type of mm. record of what you're doing because it can help someone down the road. All oh, right, Jill. Advice. Jill, you're on the hot seat for this one real quick. Um, and I want to thank Jennifer for all the technical aspects of everything. Oh, so, welcome. Jill. How do you yeah. keep the civil, civil, uh, civil, the rivalry between you two down? Because here's the thing: I have two sisters, and there's three of you, correct? There's a lot of us. <laughs> there's four, but more than four if you count our step siblings. All right, but I've, I think I've only heard that a third one has been on the show. 
That's true. Uh, yes, yes, that's Jessica. All right, so Jessica, so there's four of you. So how do y'all keep the sibling rivalry down? Because in my household, I don't allow any of them on my podcast because I know it will turn into something silly. How do y'all keep that animosity down? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> no, I for Jen and I, podcasting, it's really about the voiceless. So in the beginning, it, you, we recognized right away that we were um, kind of competitive about our hits. And then it was like about everything, second, really. Right. And then the second episode, we were just aware that like, this isn't about us. This isn't about how psychic we are. This is about who's reaching out to us in, in a real way to tell their story. So we have to, we have to really look at it and, and be like subjective or looking at and editing out our hits to make sense to the narrative, no matter how cool they are. Okay. Now, Jennifer, your turn. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I agree with what Jill said. Um, I, I think one of the reasons we argue is because we're so different, but that's also what makes us so strong. And we both recognize that, right? Jill is very, rash and opinionated and hot-headed and i'm more uh even tempered um more measured i think more careful in my my you know approach i'm and delightful I, <laughs> you are delightful but sometimes you need editing so um no i think that's why that's why we're strong because our voices are different you know jill's perspective and my perspective are different um we do fight all the time all but the time. i but i think um what what Jill said. And the main thing is that it's not about us. And sometimes you have to manually take your ego and put it aside because mm -hmm. this is not the Jen and Jill show that we're doing this to bring light to a voice and often a social issue, to be quite honest, yes. you know, that the voice leads us to kind of consider um, a lot of times, uh, you know, we're really uncomfortable about that, but it's not about us. So okay. that helps. Uh, so, go ahead. That gives us courage to lean into the difficult conversations um, that need to happen is because it's not about us. We don't, right. we will tell you right up front. We don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> we don't want to do this, but this voiceless spirit is coming at us. And right. we, we, we made a contract literally with spirit. We're like, mm -hmm. we will do this. Let us be of service. And um, so it's something we can't go back on. So, okay. So one of you being rambunctious and one of you having precision is how this works out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Now audience, what we're about to go into now is uh, we did our little 2020 questions. I didn't hit them with the hard one. So let me, I'll, I got to go back and hit you with the hard one. All right. So uh -oh. in creative spaces, this is a hard thing. Creating content okay. for what you all have to do. You have to process your stuff. Your stuff is hard, way harder than what I do. Basically, I sit around and somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to be in your podcast because you did a cool episode with that person last week. So I want to be on this week. So I don't really have any type of conceptual thing I have to do. I just show up, get the mic, make some questions or someone makes the questions and I just ask them and then I add in my flair and my bravado and it's done. So you, <laughs> so you all like the, what I love about what you do is you, you all have to truly be conceptual. You have to get stories, find stories, navigate the stories and see if they're going to work. Um, mm -hmm. Just a little fun thing. I had a story that I actually brought to you guys and we won't go into detail about it, but like something like that, for instance, you have to look at that. You have to go research it. You have to see how it can develop into what, what you all provide to the world so enlighten the audience how you all do that so like say like 
we don't have to go into details of my story, but like the story I told you guys about that happened in my city, for instance, like, or anybody else, if they bring you something, or if you go research it, like, how do y'all decide what can make the cut and what doesn't make the cut? So to be completely honest with you, we literally don't, we literally get behind the wheel of the car and we drive around. So the stories that like people send to us, we'll look at them as like a side note and we'll get like, we'll like be at home meditating about it or trying like send prayers out about it. But it wouldn't make the cut because what we really do is find these stories in the field. Like, okay truly like we're driving around with no destination like we know we have no idea we have no idea where we're gonna go gas? how do you so the i gas have a going? hybrid okay <laughs> yeah i have a hybrid but we really don't know so we really don't know that i think that that's the the um we say this a lot people people think that they'll give us which is i think something that may turn into a bonus series or maybe something for patreon like we keep those and we look at them seriously but we literally get behind the wheel of the car and have no direction we have to rely on spirit even if it seems ridiculous and a lot of times it seems ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. if you listen to some of our hits, you're like, what are, what are they talking about? Like Graceland, the Graceland church when we were in Ash or doing the Ash Tabula episode, like I was like, oh, there's an Elvis connection I'm feeling. And we knew we were in the right place because there was a church, um, Graceland church. And Jennifer, when I said there was an Elvis connection, she said that she saw a man in overalls and a straw hat. Well, guess who was at the Graceland church? Some guy with overhauls and a straw hat. So it's just, it happens That's how like we that. know we're going in the right direction. Like right. spirit let, like sends us these clues, but we never know where we're going to end up. And also I'm usually the one who's in the passenger seat, jotting down anything that comes to mind, anything that comes in my mind. And Jill is talking, she's telling me what's coming to her mind. And I'm jotting this down. None of it makes any kind of sense. None of it. Mm-hmm. The breadcrumbs will like the Elvis or the guy in the straw hat. The those, help us. those are markers. Spirits mm-hmm. tell, tell, you know, giving us markers that, you know, keep going. You're in the right place. We'll write that stuff down. But then the hard part is when you get home, then you're doing the research and you're trying to match location and historical um, fact to what we and, said in the car. And experience, right? I think Ridgeway is a good example of we were experiencing something when we were right. um, on a on a trip that was so odd. And then we knew that those experiences were part of the story or led us to the broader story. So literally, we don't know where we're going. We don't know. We don't. Whoa. I know. So, yeah, that's really so, what happens. So let me throw in my hardest question. So how are you going to do the next season? When is this car trip going to happen? When are y'all deciding? <laughs> it already happened. So we spent over the Thanksgiving break, we spent um we spent some time on the East Coast. So we have we have notes that I have to still research and write outlines for. And then um because Jen is in education, we usually go on extended road trips around her schedule. So the mm, next spring break, summer mm, break. So mm. the next long road trip is going to be in spring and then i hopefully our hits from the east coast in november keeps us going then you'll see a lot of bonus episodes if it doesn't (laughs) then we'll be like another bonus (laughs) we might be dropping this in fact (laughs) so so let me ask you this both which which one of you likes the better commute going to illinois or going to michigan it's easier for me in michigan to get to jen's house in illinois because i'm going against traffic okay because Illinois is kind of rough with that time. I don't know if you're in a time zone mm. 
But that time zone when it switches over for me, even I'll be in Indianapolis, and then I know once I leave there and I'm heading up to Illinois, it's over with for that one hour. And nobody thinks that that one hour matters, but it really does when it comes to watching TV, different things. If you're watching like normal TV mm-hmm. or whatever, and it bothered mm-hmm. me like the first week, and then after that, I got used to it. And then I came back to the East Coast, and I'm like, I'm living in the future, you know, that one hour difference. <laughs> You know, I will tell you when we first started out, we thought we had to be in the same room to be doing the podcast. And to, to be quite honest, it we our quality is better when we Zoom. So for anyone out there, don't think you have to be in the same room. Actually, when you are, that presents other difficulties, right? Like, how are you going to keep my mic and her mic from not picking up the, the you know, the background noise if she's in the room with me? Um, so it's editing is easier. The sound is cleaner. So we stop trying to be with each other to do the podcast. We obviously we we go on the road trips together. Um, but other than that, it's, it's very, it's much easier. And I would definitely recommend, you know, doing, doing the the pods uh, remotely for anyone out there who's thinking of that. Okay. And I can agree and then disagree with that. Cause there's one. Oh, really? One, well, there's one idea. You got a microphone, right? When yeah. you're talking in it, turn your microphone. There's no sound this way. Um. So you literally have to have your you literally have to have your microphones turned away. Like you can't, you're not even really supposed to be even facing in the same direction. And what you see on Instagram, you see these people, they're like, we're sitting right now. Everybody has yeah. their mics. They're sitting like the same way talking and that's not factual. So I agree with what you say, but then I disagree. As long as you learn your mic placement, because your mic, like I said earlier, you don't have any sound behind it. And mm. people, well, I got to talk to you for more tips because <laughs> yeah, because the microphones pick up in place. And I'm like, wow. Cause when it's Stacy and I do shows, uh, we're in our gun room or our whatever room. So we literally have to have so much space between us. And sometimes we just don't even do that. We just take the Zoom recorder and hook the little piece in and just don't even use microphone and just talk in the microphone piece. So that's one thing I'll okay. talk to you about later on. All right. So oh, okay. let's get into detail about these episodes. Well, the only reason I, I wanted to say something about the H6 Zoom recorder is because you guys travel. Yep. And having the H Zoom recorder with you with the module on top, it has two mics that go this way. And if you're out and you're just recording stuff for reference for what you're doing, it makes it that much easier to come back to what you guys do. So mm. it could be, you know, that's just something for later on. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that okay. uh, another day. That's another a good time. tip. Yeah, another day, another time. So episode number one, Nashville, Michigan. This is your first episode. And let's see, what was this? Um, my mind's oh, bad. I'm getting old. June 23rd, <laughs> 2020 is when it was published. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that about right? That's about right. right. About right. Good, good, good. So mm-hmm. you you have this episode in your head. You y'all traveled and done all this stuff. So how does episode come about? Y'all tell me about this. And I want both accounts because here's the crazy thing about two people doing something. With what I do, some of my episodes are solo, so you only have one story. You two have two stories, two aspects, and four perspectives because you got two eyes. So, mm. You want to go, go first, Jill? I'll go first. Okay. It was Jen's birthday weekend and she was visiting me in Michigan. And we had um, maybe for a few weeks been discussing the ideas of the podcast. Um, It was a few weeks since Seneca and um, we were spending time together, just hanging out for your birthday. And it was like, well, let's do it. Let's try it. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is, is that it felt like, um, and you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, Jen, but Jen felt apprehensive, mm-hmm. but the, 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 
it was just her and I messing around and we didn't do anything with the content. Like we, we didn't have anything set up. We were just going to do a dry run and see if it worked. Mm -hmm. Um, so we got in the car and because this is my stomping ground and I am so good at directions and know how to get places with my eyes closed. I let Jennifer, we were in Michigan. We were right. in Michigan at your house. Mm -hmm. Right. So Jennifer was the one who set the intention, which was lead us to a verifiable story that was previously unknown to us. And we drove around using our psychic barometers and we ended up in Nashville, Michigan, which felt like a bust. And apparently that's part of the process that we have to feel very not psychic, <laughs> right? We just have to be like, nah, nah. Um, and then we ended up finding a story about a young lady who died, um, who committed suicide apparently in the local library there. Whoa. And that turned out to be our first episode. Jen, what, what do you remember? Well, um, I agree with everything you said. I think it's important to note that the local library was a historic building that used to be a private residence. Mm -hmm. It was in this private residence. Um, she was a young mage. She was 16 years old Whoa. and she was working at um, this, you know, prominent man, prominent families. Yeah. House. And um, she was found shot um, with a with a uh, a gun that belonged to the nephew of the owner of the house. What was his name, Jill Fred? It was um, Frank, Frank, Frank Smith. Frank Smith. And um, Jill and I both felt psychically, um, even though none of the articles hint to this, that um, she was probably involved with Frank. And that Frank very definitely had something to do with this suicide, which I don't know if it was really suicide. But um, the the point is that uh, we were um, very disappointed at the way the newspaper articles at the time publicized the suicide. And um, we knew right away that there was a lot more to that story. And what came out of Nashville is that from then on, and, and her her name was Gertie, Gertrude, we call her Gertie, um, 16 years old, uh, found, you know, with a gunshot wound to the head. Um, it wasn't as, as they publicized it. And we felt strongly that we wanted to give her voice in the episode. And so um, from then on, after episode one, we worked that into our intention. Every other place we went, we said, Spirit, thank you for helping us give Gertie a voice. Um, she was kind of like our patron spirit and has been, you know, she made um, it better. Helping us find, helping us find other, other spirits. That wasn't our idea to give voice to the voiceless. That came Gertie. authentically from that, <laughs> from that experience in Nashville. And um, I mean, we're grateful to Gertie for, for pointing us in that direction. I think it gives us more soul. And we visit know. her sometimes when we're here, we'll stop by the cemetery and say hi. So Gertie helps you guys get, get to where you are today. And the one thing that I did, did like there, one thing I did like that, that uh, Jennifer said there um, about authenticity. Um, and that's something inside podcast. And I want the, the listeners to understand um, being an authority, having a, something that makes your show 
gives your show an intimacy. And that right there is where it started and where it went. Now we're going to go into a fan favorite episode of mine, uh, episode <laughs> 51, West Union, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Now let me tell you guys a quick story. Uh, and this is the audience and everyone else. Um, I live in Parkersburg, West Virginia. That is, that sits nicely on Interstate 77 and runs through 55. I actually live outside of Parkersburg in a county called Ward County that that uh, touches Dodrell, um, Dodrell, and what's the other county? Calhoun and another county. The other county has West Union, Ellenboro, and all these places that are attached. So for my house, a 30-minute drive puts me in West Union. Mm. Um, a quicker drive if I'm in Parkersburg is 25 minutes on Route 50 if you're trying to get over to 79 or get to Clarksburg even faster. So when I heard this episode, this one like touched my heart. I was like, wow, I didn't know this being here. And I'm one of the people that I'm a history buff and anything metaphysical I follow. That's just my thing. Mm-hmm. So hearing this story from you all, I went back and did my own research and I went to these places and I looked around and I was like, wow, that not just that episode, but all of it overall, your, your, your show like drawled me in tighter, but this episode right here you know, everybody has a favorite. This is my episode just because maybe it's because it's West Virginia and it's so close to me. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I could get on a four-wheeler and ride out there and I take an hour. <laughs> but that story right there, along with everything else, audience, these this is like what makes this thing very contagious and very addictive. The research yeah. that you do, the emotion and the feeling, and inside this story, just the history. The history to me added from your episode and this is something you guys take and keep praise for this and keep this like bundled up it made me have to go do an extra hour to two hour research (laughs) that's the car ride that's the car ride that looking at things um and visiting areas and then asking local historical buff because there was some kind of little um it's like it was like a little restaurant I left West Union and where'd I go? I went back out on 50 somewhere and, you know, it was Salem. That's actually where it was. I went to Salem and it was close proximity. And these people were aware of this because, you know, it's West Virginia small. So it's a tight knit community. So getting further information there and then heading on to, I went to Maryland or somewhere after that, just going on with that and have that information. I relate that back to to Stacey and Stacey's like, wow, that's intriguing. How come we can't do this? I said, because we're not that podcast. (laughs) It's a lot of work, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. So, do you, Jill, do you want to, did you want us to talk a little bit about yes. West Union, JR? Did you oh, want to? Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> so first I want to say we spent the night in Parkersburg. That's where we spent the night. Okay. And what you need to know about us is that our paternal family is from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So um, so we feel like West Virginia is a, a little bit of home to us. We've been okay. there and our, some of our aunts are still there, um, just to give you some context. So as we were driving, we were seeing references to our paternal grandfather and feeling that archetype that he lived in life. And also we found our maiden name, like, like our father's last name, we found it on like street signs. So we went on this whole detour in the hills of West Virginia, like writing down hits that were relevant to what ended up being the West Virginia, um, West Union story. So it that that's how spirit works. They use your center, your your circle of reference to articulate common themes or complicated ideas, and that's how we found this story. So. 
in the story. Do you remember the story, Jen? It's uh, Luke Jaco was his name, right? And the doctor. But yeah, Luke Jaco was, uh, was, yeah, he was something Unbelievable. Yeah, there's, uh, and Jill, I took a look at this, but if you have it in front of you, I mean, help me out. Because what I remember is that we were driving and it was that intersection right there. And that little, that West Union, you could see it, you know, it's like above you kind of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How it's like in the hills there. And we, we saw it and we knew we had to go there. We were just charmed immediately and said, we have to go up there. So we went up there and illegal maneuvers to get into the left lane (laughs) because we were like, we knew we had to get to West Union. That's what Jill does. That's what Jill does. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So, I mean, we were just charmed by the town and there was that, uh, that feeling of women coming through, like women being wronged was coming mm-hmm. through. And again, that is part of our history. We have that archetype in our family. Mm-hmm. Where... I'm actually looking at our notes right now. <laughs> Womanizer, free to do whatever he wanted, drunk. <laughs> that's it. Okay. Those are, that's it in a nutshell. That's what we were that, that was it. grandpa and grandpa's dad and our dad. Um, so anyway, no, we, so those were kind of like what we were feeling. And then, um, what else, Jill? Fire in the town. Oh yeah. Um, sisters, the feeling of sisterhood and women mm-hmm. energy. And we saw the sisterville sign, mm-hmm. um, small town vibe. Everyone knows everyone's business. And then the courthouse, we were just, we loved the West Union courthouse. That was mm-hmm. pretty fun. So we um, we went back and, and researched and we found Dr. Charter. This is so crazy because Dr. Charter, he was a uh, he was kind of a, a big guy in town, you know, an important figure, a doctor. And um, the a fire started in in his house, in the upstairs of his house and actually like destroyed a good bit of what was West Union at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the other thing we found out was that, uh, Dr. Charter, um, uh, well, he, uh, owned slaves, right. Mm-hmm. And, um, actually had, uh, children, at least one, right. With fathered. With, mm-hmm, right. He was also so, Thomas um, Jefferson stuff. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. You got it. You got it. Right. Did you just hear our last episode where Jennifer told um, Jenny that Thomas Thomas Jefferson has been on our asses to do a story about yeah, him for like us. two years, like literally? So we and it's Ridiculous. such a hard, it's a hard conversation Ridiculous. to have, but we well, we have to do Thomas Jefferson. Well, what what I need y'all to do when you make this trip back to the East Coast again, go to Charlottesville because no, mind you, in the audience knows this, I'm originally from Virginia. I'm from a, a town in Lynchburg, Virginia. I'm a Jerry Falwell guy. That's, that's, you know, where I was raised and stuff. So like Monticello and Charlottesville. And JR, th- when we left West Union, we went to Monticello and Charlottesville. Oh, wow. I, that's like, that's I swear yeah, to God. I swear to God. So like, we literally <laughs> left West Union and went straight to Monticello. And when we were doing this episode is when Thomas Jefferson was all up on our asses and would not leave us alone. That's crazy. At all. So we've been ignoring Thomas Jefferson because it's like, dude, you said you had a big life, man. But I think it has to, <laughs> I think it has more to do with the Hemings connection. And so yes. we're trying, yes, we're really trying to be um, articulate and thoughtful because people like spend their lives like researching Thomas Jefferson. And here we are just two, two psychics giving our two sons. It just seems <laughs> ridiculous. So we have to really flush that out. But yeah, for sure. We're, we're going to do that episode. We're thinking, um, probably around president's day 
Okay. And then the other place that people don't go visit is Popular Forest, which is in oh, the western part of Virginia. Um, never heard of that. Popular Forest is the is the other area. And the crazy thing about that, and the audience knows this because um, I'm actually I'll be hitting to Virginia in another, I'll be there in like four hours. Um, Popular Forest, there is something to do with the cellar system. The cellar system back in that time was a way of commute, not like the underground railroad, but it was kind of like I got my house here. But we dug three or four miles underground to get Sally Mae to come here to see me for four hours or three oh. hours or whatever Thomas Jefferson wanted her for. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. And then let's send her on back down there to where she belongs through the true underground cellar tunnel. So that's something that, um, you know, in the history, and this is just being from Virginia and having to go through all this stuff when you're in elementary school learning it. Uh, it yeah. was kind of crazy when you actually seen it and you seen that there was a true cellar with uh, you know, chandel- not chandeliers, but like candle lights and different stuff like that. Not even uh, lanterns, just candle light up, up mm. in this area. And you go through it. And I mean, I think we, it took us like 30 minutes to walk through one area and we didn't do the full stretch. So that's a wild one. You know, to that go is really cool. Now let's wow. talk about episode 61 and audience. The reason that I'm jumping around certain episodes, I went to 151 and 61. There's all good content throughout, but episode 61 hit home to me because with my travels, Whenever I go west from where I live, I get on Interstate 70 or something, I cut around, and sometimes if I cut up certain different ways, I end up near Van Wert, Ohio. You have? Yes. Um, Because it's in the northwestern region of Ohio. Mm -hmm. Whenever I got to make that jump to Michigan or Indiana, like Fort Wayne or something in that area, I come through that area. So I'm like, when I listen to your show, it's more because of the... It, and it has to do with the, see, the navigation that I travel and doing these different stores for the company I work for. I end up in these areas. Actually, I remodeled a store there in 2018 mm. in that yeah. actual town. So it was like, wow, I can I can relate deeper to things because I'm like, I've been here. And when I'm in these areas, I'm there for 30 to 90 days. It's not like I'm just there for a week or two. I'm there long enough to get the culture. So I'm like, when, when I've seen that and then traveling over to Indiana where it's so close I know a little bit of some of that because I did some of that traveling on a Saturday or Sunday when I'm not working so Mm -hmm. I'm like wow and knowing uh automobiles and different things like that you know what an older vehicle was like in being a history buff you know the mentality of certain areas you don't know it per se but hearing your show and then knowing what I know and then putting just a tad bit of fiction to it that I'm actually there that is the enticing element of what you all do you all didn't know that. So that's a quick kudos there to you guys. Uh-huh. So, when you were there, did you see, did you know anything about this? And did you see the historical marker? I seen the historical marker, but I didn't know anything about it. Mm, and okay. I went back in, I went back in my Google photos because I take pictures of everything that I, wherever I go. Like when I went to Mall of America for the first time, I took pictures of the outside, never the inside, because I'm worried about structural integrity and things outside. And just, you know, every town has a little white sign with something about the history. Yeah. I take pictures of that before I do anything else, because I want to know that history when I have time to look back at those pictures. I might not even look at them when I'm taking them, but just so I know it and have reference. Um so yes, can we dive into episode 61? Because this one. Whew. It's so bad. It was a hard one. In a nutshell, there were um, two prison inmates that became friends and cellmates in prison. And um, when when one got out, he was like, hey, ho, ho, like, look me up when 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 you get out, friend. 
And they got together when they were both released for good behavior. And they went on a robbering, drunken killing spree. And they were killing people indiscriminately, just like the way a tornado would go through a neighborhood. And it was like, they were killing, but then they were like hanging out in the spaces so that they were going to like a summer show in the park. And then they were like time to, for killing. And then they would kill someone. So it was a really difficult episode for us to experience in real time because we were tired and we didn't like feeling like nasty, evil energy, but it was really hard to have um, the conversation about these people because if you look at the information in the episode and then Google and YouTube, one of the killers that ultimately survived the shootout that that killed his partner um, had a, a, an interview with the sheriff, the Van Wert sheriff. And it was so disgusting, the flippant nature in which he described killing these people and his response to it. It was really disturbing. That was a really hard one. What would you say, Jen? I would add that at the time, media was as a couple of ex-inmates who wanted revenge on the uh, the police or the, the guards, the prison guards who were in charge of them when they were in prison. And although that's it's true that they did want to find one particular guard and and, you know, do whatever, kill him. One supposes that that's what their plan was. That's actually not what happened. They they found the the head uh, prison guard the and the warden and killed him and his family. And then all of these other random killings along the way. But what the media was saying, oh, these are, this is a, a revenge killing. And to us, like that, that was so incorrect because, you know, I, I think they wanted at the time, I think police wanted to send the message that everybody's safe. We have it under control. This is, this was a very specific thing. These are two people who wanted to target a guard who had treated them badly in prison. But in fact, the truth was much more chilling that, you know, they went for, they stopped at a root beer shop and then just murdered this, these, this newlywed couple had nothing to do with revenge or their experiences. It was just indiscriminate evil, you mm -hmm. know? So um, yes. the other thing that we dove into there with that particular partnership is that one of the, one of them was um, uh, identified as kind of a, a psychopath, sociopath, no, you know, no surprise, but the other was someone with a, an IQ of like 60. And to us, that was like, wait a minute, how does that work? Like, what was that partnership like? Mm -hmm. Because you are extremely limited, you know, if you have an IQ of like, you know what I mean? So we kind of dove into that and maybe who really had the power in the relationship, right? Was one using the other? I don't know. It was just, it was complex and it was difficult because I think a lot of the time we were picking up on the energy of the murderers and oh, that yeah. doesn't feel good. That feels really heavy. Mm-hmm. And I can understand it. So let, let me tell you where I correlated everything and related everything. So the intellectually disabled partner was from Wood County, Parkersburg. Yes, he was. So they, <laughs> so, they so they they travel up Interstate 70 uh, into 77 and they cut across New Philadelphia and they go over to Wooster, Ohio, but to Mansfield, Ohio. I remodeled a store in Wooster. So I went to Mansfield because of the Shawshank Redemption, that prison there. So that's I where relate, they were at. So I related the the um that area because I know that area 
so in two, thinking about where this intellectually disabled guy was from, obviously Parkersburg, but from the area that he was from, that was near the carbide and all these places that had stuff that was leaking into the water. So I related it to the movie Dark Water and all that chemical stuff, which could lead uh-huh. to some type of intellectual disabilities or some type of mild retardation. So knowing this stuff as a, as a listener, you know, knowing this stuff and just going on what you got. So I have a whole nother aspect that I can bring in about this one guy with a low IQ. Like I could see how he could function because I know in the state, even now, they really encourage these people to get involved with someone to help them in life, not a caregiver, but just someone in general. So like when you're telling the story, I'm like, I could have known this guy went to high school. He could have been in special ed, but I could have been the student that encouraged him to do more, to be more than what he was. Not only not trying to do it on purpose, but just because that's who I am. So hearing that, I related it there. And then all the stops through Ohio, around the Columbus area. Everybody knows that I frequent Columbus. That's my second home. Mm. So all that area and every place you're you're naming, I've been there. I'm 37, so I've been there in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. So I've seen the difference and stuff. I didn't see what the 50s, 60s, 70s were like, but I could imagine at least what I knew in the 90s was. 20 years off so means of communication and how people work around things and you know with them getting the vehicle and moving stuff around i could put myself living somewhere and hearing this and knowing about this at any period so that's what i like like i tell you that's what's amazing about your show like uh-huh. the little ways that you can tie into it and i guess because y'all do stuff that's close to me and i know these places and obviously with the travel it's just like wow that episode right there is my second favorite, but sometimes it moves up into the number one spot because not because of the heinous <laughs> acts, but because of all the locations and how if anyone is familiar with anything, small town, blah, 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 you can relate to this. If you watch Criminal Minds to a certain degree, mm-hmm. you can see these two, as they say, unsubs. You can see that these two unsubs that we don't know about, this is Criminal Minds in real life. This is mm-hmm. hard evidence. So that's what I relate to what you do. And I, I don't know if y'all relate that, but you're probably relating it now. No, no, for sure. So, Especially because so, small towns have such a personality of their own. Mm-hmm. When you go into a small town, you feel that personality of the place. Yeah. And, and that, that was, I was like, wow. I was like, I just hope they don't bring up Chilla Coffee or anything crazy like that. Or, <laughs> or just say, you know, like other little small towns that would have something like this happen. And it may happen there and not happen for another 50 years because probably... Obviously, Mansfield, Wooster area, obviously there's criminals and different things happening and this stuff happening in Ohio, but massacres and random killings like that happen all the time, but they don't happen in a sequence like this or so serial. So that's mm-hmm. one thing I want to thank y'all about. So real quick, let me give y'all a quick testimony about you two. All right. Jennifer, Jill, Jill and Jennifer, you two have a lot of integrity. Aww. Integrity is taking someone else's story or doing in my context is this. You're doing something to give justice to someone. So you're doing something behind their back with good intent and will. It is hard to do that because you two could take selfish intent and take that story real fast and make it your own and make it what you want people to know. And you don't do that. You take the story, you present it, you let people develop their own opinions, and then you give your opinion and then you give fact or you give fact and then you give opinion. Your opinion can gravitate, it can motivate, or it can take someone away from what they originally thought. 
And that's a power that not everybody's given. So that's something that you guys should take, put in a chalice, drink it sometime, and then do whatever else you want to do with it. Or manufacture it into a pill and sell it across Illinois and Michigan to a tri-state thing there. Um, the next Thank thing you. is, the next thing is being a voice for the unheard. That is a hard thing because most people, when a story has died down after five or 10 years, like the story I presented to you guys, that story happened in 2008. No one cares now. Uh, they have posters and stuff like whatever but you all take stories that have lineage like 200 years 140 years uh -huh. and bring it to the light and bring that attention to it that takes a listener like me or any of your listeners that listen to your show and it gives us a history gives us an education it gives us a better understanding of what we probably didn't do in school it makes us put our thinking cap on and go a little bit harder. So I commend you and I appreciate you all for that because it, it goes a long ways. And thank you. It, it shows an amazing structure that is very hard to accomplish. And Jennifer, this is strictly for you. Jill, I'll come to you in just a minute. Having so much, <laughs> so having so much poison structure in everything you do and being so analytical about what you are, taking everything that comes from wild Jill over there and putting it inside a bubble. <laughs> That's a lot of hard work and that's a lot of mental anguish. And I want to thank you for that. Nothing on you, Jill, but just saying that. Um, <laughs> I love that you used my cowboy name too, Wild Jill. Because <laughs> the, the, the thing here is that taking all that raw emotion and all that stuff, it takes a very centered and controlled person to do that. And you do that, Jennifer. And that's what, Jill, life. And that's what Jill will tell you, your sisters and all 40 of your other siblings will say to you. They'll be like, hey, <laughs> you're the one that can handle it. You're the stoic person in our family. Being stoic is hard. So take that, wear that on your chest like Superwoman and flex it. Now on to <laughs> you, Jill. You. Oh, no. Being the wildflower, being the <laughs> one that has the most abrasive nature. It's true. It is hard to do that because sometimes you have to put the brakes on because there's a lot of emotion. You have the whole color palette <laughs> of emotions. And to be able to present that to people without making it a mania is amazing because you could just be out here. You could have a wild podcast. You could dump Jennifer and have the, the Jill on tour, blah, 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 blah <laughs> show on your own. You know, thank you. I have to say the biggest, the, I think being uh, as abrasive, the hardest thing is that people, there is no gray area. Either you love me or you hate me. And so I always have to keep that in mind when I get like people that don't like me, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I just have to be like, oh, I'm not for them. And that's fair. Cause I could be a lot, you know, and I know that. And I think that Jennifer really keeps me grounded and really, um, like when we first started doing the podcast with her editing me, I was like, I should be edited in life. Like someone needs to like come up and clip what I'm saying. I'm like, you make me so much better than who I really am. So I really have to say a lot of that is Jen. And, and the Jill, what? Jill brings, I just want to say that Jill brings the fun and the magic. Oh, you, you know, stop. you know, it's it. you're the spice, you're oh, the flavor, you're the it. spice. So it, that's why it takes both of us, but. It really does. It. I couldn't do it without Jennifer. It would just be a mess. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Jill, to finish up on your testimony real quick. So here's the deal. Being carefree is an amazing thing because not everybody can do that. I can be carefree about certain things, but then I have to be like Jennifer on a lot of things. I have to be structured. I have to be mild-mannered. I have to be the reason for ration. 
Nozalization. I have to rationalize things. And you can rationalize things. I'm not saying you don't, but be having that bubbly spirit in that openness, that dynamic between you two makes you a duo. And that is the killer thing that makes you amazing. Like, don't ever trade that in. Don't try to manufacture anything else. Keep that, pass that along to everybody in the world. The next thing, your energy. When you bounce off Jennifer or when you start it, you are a catalyst most of the time. <laughs> so that is that is the main thing. That is a hidden element that's inside your, your thing. The dynamic between both of y'all, you being that catalyst. Sometimes nothing on Jennifer, but sometimes Jennifer will go through and she has a nice tone and is just linear. But then there, here comes Jill and she's just crashing down. Boom, 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 boom with something. And then Jennifer cuts it off because she doesn't agree with it, which is fine. But then Jill comes back, boom, boom, boom. Then Jennifer's <laughs> like, then Jennifer's like, okay, we're gonna let this come in. And then y'all both just get that boom, boom feeling going. And the audience can hear it. You can hear that excitement. You can hear that sadness. You can hear, you can feel that emotion from what you hear. And that's what you guys provide for the audience. I don't do that kind of stuff. I mean, I have some sad shows or some emotional stuff, but my stuff's just plain linear. I'm like a, I'm like a Larry King or something. It's just straightforward. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> a little emotion here and there. So that is what's amazing in podcasting coming from you all, that uniqueness. Nobody else does that because everybody can do a show. We can always, we all podcast, whatever, but the way that you all handle it, carry that raw emotion, the structure and all that together, that makes the common mystics and nobody else can do that. I don't care how many shows are out here. I don't care if there's a show mm. called Mystic Comments. The thing is, <laughs> you all have a soul show that is about you all in a sense, but it's about you all revolving around other people. And that right there is captivating material. That is the entertainment. That is the enlightenment. It's a lot of EN stuff that you can put in perspective, mm. but it's the reference that people need. It's the resource that helps people. It guides people to make decisions on things that they probably wouldn't make decisions on. When you bring back racism, if you, when you bring back uh, mm. sexism, when you bring back inequalities that happen then, you make people look and, and judge what they did the day before and what they're going to do the day after and what they're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Or how that affects the way we think right now. I think that that's the biggest, the biggest shock is when we look at some of the things that happened, like Print Matthews, like the um, German Coast Uprising, you can see how the we evolved from those points in history. And it's a hard thing to really look at. Like, no one wants to think about this. You know, no one wants to think about it. So it's that's why these people do need a voice. Not to be, get on my high horse because I do this. She, she would edit this out. She's thinking I'm editing all this out. <laughs> yeah, I seen it on her face. She's like, you can, she does that. <laughs> you can look, see look, Jennifer was like, a little bit. Yeah, Jennifer was mm -hmm. like, he wasn't done with his testimony. Let this man speak. <laughs> <laughs> so in finishing this up, you all are a dynamic duo. You're not Batman mm -hmm. and Robin. You're not Wonder Woman in the gold lasso thing that she has or the ship that she jumps in that's invisible. You two were kind of like... Two superwomen just standing tall like this. Aww. And you need to carry that. You need to pass that along. You need to manufacture that into something that, that you're doing right now, but you need to manufacture that a little bit more. I'm going to challenge y'all on this and pass that along to the next generation because people need that. Somebody put something in you two or a, a whole entity of people put something in you all. Could be your mother or whomever, grandmother or all that you spoke about in this episode um, that made you how you are. You took 
bits and pieces of these people and you made them who you are and people can see this in your episodes and you can carry this on. But the key thing is, is to make sure that it passes down. It's a generational wealth that you have that you can give to, to your family and your friends mm-hmm. and associates. So keep doing what you're doing and keep doing this. And that's my testimony for you guys. So the last thing, remark, the last thing remark that I need you guys to do, and this is something that will go forward in history. Jennifer, you have something you want to say to Jill and Jill, you have something you want to say to Jennifer. What's the greatest thank you you want to give each other? Cause that's one thing that we don't do in life. We don't give that thank you to each other. So what's the, the thank you you want to give to each other? Whoever wants to go first. You want to go first? You go first. Sure, I'll go first. I'm going to cry. Oh, no. Okay, go on. Oh, my gosh. I I am so (laughs) blessed to have Jill as my sister. Um, Someone's recording this, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's live, too, so it's out in the world. no, I, you know, thank you for, for taking me on this journey. If I were to say for being on this journey with me, it wouldn't give you enough credit because really it's you pulling me along with you. Not and it's true. been that way from the very beginning, you are the engine, you know, mm-hmm. so um, I, I appreciate you and I, I'm always learning from you and um, no, I'm just, I'm just blessed and, and grateful and, and thankful that you are my partner in this podcast. So. Mm. Well, I have to say that I credit me being a functional human being to Jennifer. I, I mean, honestly, if not for Jennifer, I would, I would just be a hot ass mess, like a lot worse than I already am. I think Jennifer had given me the tools at a young age to see myself in a better way and taught me how to get to where I wanted to be. And without Jen, I don't know where I would be just as a person, as a partner in this podcast. What I really, really, really value is your ability to manage my moods and (laughs) and not take them personally and to challenge me when I am being really rash and I have my head so far up in, in wherever I am to prove a point or whatever's gotten me hot, whatever research I uncover and you settling me down and getting the context that's needed to create a narrative because otherwise it would just be me yelling into a microphone, <laughs> just be like, can you believe did this? So thank you. Mm, you're welcome. Love and you. you're very pretty and I love you. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I think you're pretty. <laughs> now, audience, one thing that we do on West Virginia and Commonplace that these ladies have not done today is we do something called the Shameless Plug. This is where you could meet and greet them on the internet. They have a website. They have everything going on. They even have a Gmail account with their podcast name in it. So I'm going to pass this along to you all. Please do the Shameless Plug real quick so that everybody can know where they can meet and greet you. And the amazing thing about any episode that anybody does with me, my guests give me show notes. They give me all the information to direct them to wherever they can meet you and whatever they have going on at that time. So inside these show notes, when this episode is released across all 22 RSS feed uh, podcatchers, that we use um and that is right 22 i did say that audience (laughs) i wrote it down you will be able to discover and you'll be able to do the the most amazing thing that i like that happens in podcasting you will be able to migrate 
to what their persuasion is. And then when I say persuasion, I'm just talking about their podcast, not their opinions, attitudes or anything like that, but just being able to migrate over to what they have. So it's a, a stepping stone. So you don't have to just sit on Instagram with someone and then try to figure out where to go. We will directly have where you can go to get to them, listen to them, conversate, become part of their Patreon and become part of the common mystic movement of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can find us on our website, commonmystics.net. Our email address is commonmystics at gmail.com. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Common Mystics Pod. And we're on a bunch of different uh, platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, et cetera. Pretty much if you Google us, you'll be able to find us. One other thing that is new and exciting is that in 2023, we are publishing our first book. It is a book of our stories, 10 of our favorite stories. They are retold. So it's not just the transcripts. We are retelling them and also adding other tidbits about what to know if you go and other. She's frozen. Yeah, she froze for a second. We'll have to edit that. Mm. So one thing I do want to add in here, too, there was something amazing that happened a month, maybe a month and a half ago. You all had a collaborative uh, episode with a podcast. Um, would you guys like to mention that real quick? Um, are you talking about I don't I we didn't sign up for this? Is that what yes. you mean? Yes. Yeah. We um, Jen, you froze. I yeah, know. Um, we <laughs> we met wonderful people out of Canada. I did not sign up for this podcast. They're amazing women and they're a joy to collaborate with and be on each other's podcast. So we spent time talking to them and asked them to give us their scariest locations in Canada and the US. And then we did a follow-up um, just hanging out with them episode. And Jennifer really flexed her psychic arm during oh that. <laughs> she, You did, which is really impressive. So yeah, we enjoyed spending time with them. They're a great Great podcast. So definitely make sure you hit over to their podcast also to listen to um, Common Mystics over there. It, it, and that's one thing I always like to do. I like to bring up uh, other shows because the cool thing about it is, is if you're following you guys on Instagram, you see these things. And the other thing, Common Mystics has a strong muscle on <laughs> Facebook. That's so Jill, that's all Jill. So I have to tell you, you really, um, really lit a fire under my butt to get my graphics better. Like literally, I was like, when I got on Canva, I'm like, how is he doing this? Like when you, when you have the audio <laughs> snippets, you are the reason why there's audio and now in all my memes <laughs> and the videos, it's all him. I was like, how is he doing that? <laughs> yeah. So definitely, um, Pay attention to to different podcasters. And the one thing that I want to leave on this note is uh, collaborating with other podcasts, because this is something for podcasters. This has nothing to do with the audience. Audience, you can uh, simmer down on this one, but collaborating with people is like this and supporting other podcasts. You don't have to spend money with my show. You can like something I have. You can encourage what what I do. That does more for me in the algorithm and the science of discoverability. Helping another podcast be discovered is way more important than you putting $30 million into my show or you actually even coming on my show. So I mm-hmm. want to encourage every podcaster to be like Jennifer and Jill. Jennifer and Jill, they're out there. They're encouraging. Um, they support other podcasts and, and their endeavors and different things like that. So 
be enlightened, enlightened to what other people do. And then the other thing, if you're a podcaster, take a moment, listen to an episode here and there. You don't have to listen every week like I do to shows. And if you make shows that come out every two weeks, I can definitely listen all the time because you're making it comfortable for me. You know, like me, I put out, I put, I put out way too many shows. You got to pick a show once a month and listen and be like, Hey, Jay, I heard one show, but I can't listen to all 16 of your shows. Why do you do 16 shows or 12 shows? We like that one show. We don't like the others. So um, the one thing I encourage is actually listen, because when you listen, you will become a fan and you can take their techniques. I emulate, I take things from everyone your storytelling abilities, your editing abilities, different things like that. I'll take those things, put them inside uh, a little notebook that I carry around just mm. like this. And I pass it along to anyone that wants podcast advice because every podcaster gives an education through their podcast. And a lot of people don't realize that. So that's one thing I want there. Um, next thing, um, audience is this, you know where to find me. We're on Twitter. We are on TikTok. On TikTok, we had a thousand followers, which is kind of crazy. So we do lives on there. So you will see wild, uh, uh, uncanny stuff going on there. Um, Twitter, we're on there, but we're not on there. Um, Tumblr and Discord, we are heavy on there. And that's one thing that I would encourage any podcast to do. Get on Discord, build a community. Communities inside that uh, is how you build the infrastructure for everything you do. Email lists, stuff like that. That's what builds you up. That's what puts you from a hobby to a monetizing podcast. And on that note, I am JR from West Virginia Commonplace with Jill Stanley from <laughs> Jennifer James Captain Mystics Podcast. And we are signing off. Please follow WV Uncommonplace on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, TikTok, where we have some great content, Facebook, LinkedIn. Hit up the merch store at onecommonplace.square.site. Join the email list from the website, and rate, subscribe, and give feedback from your favorite podcatcher. And lastly thanks for listening and tune into the next episode.